Today's scripture reading comes from Luke 19, verses 28 through 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As you have entered it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord for us. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Phil. I, as, it, have you've heard, as you've heard, I'm one of the elders here at MCA. And I just want to take a moment uh, to welcome you, uh, all of you who are here and all of you who are uh, listening and watching online. Um, we're glad to have you. Uh, Pastor John and his family are in New York State. Uh, um, he's leading a seminar, and uh, I just want to take this moment uh, wearing my elder's hat to give you a charge, okay? To, I'm not going to tell you to do much this morning. That's not what I usually do when I preach, but I want you to pray for your pastor, uh, I want you to pray for his family, and I want you to pray for all of those in our in our church who can't be here every Sunday. Um, and I, this is, I have to get one quote from Philippians in, just in case you're wondering. Philippians is my favorite book. And it says in Philippians, Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because because of your partnership in the gospel. And this is what you all are. You are partners in the gospel in this church. So pray for those who can't be here. Pray for your pastor. Uh, and, and thank you for partnering, partnering with us. So there's as preachy as I'm going to get this morning, okay? Uh, today, I'd like to talk about the road to Jerusalem, uh, as it says up above, the road to the resurrection, Jerusalem. Now, when I was growing up, uh, I always thought that the Gospels, because I didn't spend much time in the Gospels myself, for myself, I thought they were random stories of Christ that just kind of got placed here and there. Well, that's not really how the Gospels are built, uh, Last year, uh, for Bible quizzing, we, we uh, studied the book of Mark for an entire uh, Bible quiz uh, session. And some of these kids knew Mark forward and backward. And as an added benefit, I got to spend a whole season in the Gospel of Mark. But I'm not going to go to the Gospel of Mark this morning. I'm going to the Gospel of Luke. But what I found out is that it's a very specific story. It follows a storyline, not, a, not a, in the way of a fiction storyline, but a real story. 
It's a real story. It follows. It flows. And that's what the Gospel of Luke does. So we're, I'm going to, if you would, if you've got your Bible or if you've got your uh, Bible app, um, I'm just going to trust that if you're looking at your phone, you're reading the Scripture this morning. Uh, And in case you're wondering, you can't text me. I left my phone back at my chair. So uh, We're going to start in the Gospel of Luke, and we're actually going to start at, ver- at chapter 9. We're not going to go to chapter 19 right away. Uh, and look at uh, Luke chapter 9 and verse 51. Because the road to Jerusalem and to the resurrection did not start just the day before. It started weeks and months before. And let's read uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. And it says in this verse, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This is way back in the story of Jesus, in his time when he came to earth. Way back then, he set his heart. And at risk of being seen as a Greek nerd, that word set out is, means an immovable force. He set his heart. There was nothing that was going to dissuade him from going to Jerusalem. That's what this word means. Jesus set out all the way back here in chapter 9 for Jerusalem. Now let's turn back. Let's go to uh, chapter 18 of Luke. We're going to spend some time with uh, characters Uh, The Gospel of Luke is all about the heart of a Savior. He set his heart toward Jerusalem just as he had set his heart toward earth and its inhabitants. And he has set his heart toward you. Jesus' heart is set on you. An amazing thought. Jesus knew why he was going to Jerusalem. He knew what was going to happen there. Uh, And as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he passed through the city of Jericho. Um, Back in 2019, uh, some of my family members and I, Rita and I, got to go to uh, Israel. It was a trip of a lifetime. Uh, It was just phenomenal. And this picture is actually taken right outside of Jericho. Uh, And those are the palm trees. So when you think of Palm Sunday, you know where they got them. Palms grow in Jericho. So they cut them as they went. And uh, those are actual palm trees growing in in, uh, Jericho. Um, So as they traveled, the first person they ran across was a blind man, a blind beggar. And it's at the end of chapter 18. It says in verse 35, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. And he heard the crowd going by. He asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Okay, if you remember a couple weeks ago, uh, John talked about John the Baptist. And what did Jesus say when John the Baptist asked him if he was the Christ? He said, go tell John what you've seen and heard the blind receive their sight. Do you remember it? 
So here we are walking into Jericho. You've got a blind man sitting by the road. And this always amazes me that after three years of ministry, there's still anyone in, in Israel who needs healed. I was like, how did that ever happen? Somebody at some point could have taken this guy to see Jesus, and they didn't. But this guy wants to see Jesus, and he will not be denied. He knows what Jesus will do because he's been listening to the, to the rumors for three years. And he knows this story from the Old Testament. He knows this quote. The blind receive their sight. And so the, I like this story. It's, it's kind of like there's people lining the road and they're watching Jesus go by. And the blind man is sitting on the ground behind them. And they, he starts yelling. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy, Jesus, son of David. And the crowd in front of him says, hey, we're here to see Jesus, not here to see you. But he won't be denied. He stands up and he says, I will be heard, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus hears him and he calls to him. Um, So Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Do you ever wonder in the scripture why things are asked how they are? It's like, it's pretty obvious to everybody that this guy is a blind beggar. There's one thing he wants in life, and Jesus asks him to tell him, what do you want me to do for you? Do you ever... Hear Jesus ask that question to you. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. But he asks, what do you want me to do for you? And this blind man answered the question. He said, I want to receive my sight. I want, to be I want it to be restored. And Jesus does so. He restores his sight. Now, You've you got to wonder what's going to happen because this guy's been blind for forever and, and he receives the sight and this is what happens. And this is what happens all through this passage. Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising him, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. So this is the, this is the pattern for our sermon this morning. When you see Jesus, you praise God and you follow God. That's what happens. The next person I want to talk about is uh, a guy that you all know. Um, his name is Zacchaeus. And he was a little guy. Uh, in our family, we call that vertically challenged. Um, but he really wanted to see Jesus. Uh, and he was rejected by everybody. So nobody's going to let this guy through. If you know anything about the history of uh, Rome and Israel, the Romans defeated Israel and took control. And the people that helped Romans were hated. And this guy, it's the only time it's, this verse is used in the entire Bible, he was in charge of the tax collectors. He was the chief tax, tax collector. He was hated, so he's short, he can't see Jesus, and nobody's going to let him through. So he ran through, 
and he ran ahead because there's only one way to get into Jericho, and he ran a, and he climbed a tree. You've heard the story. You've sung the song. Um, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and he did. And as Jesus came along, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. I have to go to your house today. This is all the same day still, remember. Come to your, I need to come to your house. And so he came down, and as he came down, uh, and as Jesus ate with him in his house, in, verse, in chapter 19, um, verse 8, it says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Zacchaeus makes restitution in response to grace, not to receive grace. Because of the love he received from Christ, he did what he did. He didn't do it to receive anything. He did it because he had already received grace. Um, the, the law in ancient Israel said if you cheated anybody in business, you had to pay them back 20% more. You had to pay them back and add 20% to it. What did Zacchaeus say? He said, if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay them back four times the amount. He experienced grace, and it caused a change in his life. It's, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I want to tell you a little story, and this is a true story too. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather had a stroke, and he lived for years after the stroke. But when he was in the hospital, my family and I went down to visit him in Columbus, and he was in one of the big city hospitals with banks of elevators, and. Uh, we were just sitting there waiting to go up and see Grandpa. And back then, everybody could go up and see Grandpa. I mean, we packed the room. You know how it was in the old days. Do I sound that old? I'm sorry. Okay. But this guy, we're just standing there, and one of the elevators pops open, and this guy just flies out of the elevator. And I remember this as clear as, clear as this if it happened yesterday. He flies out of the elevator, and he's got... These clothes that are just way too big for him. They're just like hanging off him. And it's like, okay, what is going on? And he runs out of the elevator. And, uh, you know, we're just sitting there waiting to get on another elevator. He runs out and he comes over to me and he's like digging in his pocket. I'm like, what is going on? This guy, he's an old guy, big clothes. And he reaches into his pocket and he gets a quarter. And you got to remember back in the day, back in the day, I sound so old. Back in the day, a quarter was a lot, and he pressed a quarter into my hand. I was like, okay, I, you know I took it. Uh, and uh, Grandma's like, oh, don't take his money. And then uh, he, he went to each of my siblings, and he put a coin in their hand, too. I haven't talked to him about this. I'm going to have to ask my siblings if they remember this. So he's, like, thrilled, and he said, she's going to be okay. My wife is going to be okay. And that's what I want you to think of with these two stories. These guys were thrilled that they had met Jesus. 
It went, Jesus went straight to their hearts. They were just thrilled. We, we read the story, and I think we're too far away from it sometimes. We don't understand the heart that these guys felt because of the response of Jesus, the love that came from their Savior, because these guys were both saved, not just physically, not just restored to fellowship. They were saved. And that's what I, I, I think that's the only reason I remember that story is because that guy was so thrilled that his wife was going to be okay. And we should be thrilled that Jesus loves us. Which takes us to the story we came to talk about, which is Palm Sunday. Uh, and I hate to disappoint you, but the Gospel of Luke does not mention palm branches. It doesn't. You, you can read it. Just keep reading it. It doesn't say anything about palm branches, but we're still celebrating Palm Sunday. Um, what it does say is that the people took their coats off and threw them in front of the donkey. So they laid their coats on the donkey and they threw their coats in the road in front of the donkey. And I want you to keep that old guy coming out the elevator in your mind because that's the kind of excitement that was going on in Jerusalem. These people had a savior. They had somebody that they thought was going to kick out the Romans that they were going to just, this was the start of big things. And so what do we see in chapter 19? Uh, that We see the triumphal entry. Uh, Jesus tells his disciples to go get a colt. They, they throw their coats on it, and, and he goes riding into the city. And it says in verse 37, when they came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. This is what they said. They said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They were excited. They were thrilled. Uh, this, this trip, and you got to get your mind around this. This is a dusty road. This is a this is what it looks like uh, today, and it's dusty, it's hot, it's 14 miles. They walked 14 miles through the desert, and it, the, tra the trail actually rises in elevation three-fifths of a mile. Uh, we were, uh, when we were in Israel, uh, just to get some idea of this, we went to see Capernaum, which is where Jesus did his a lot of his earthly ministry and his miracles. And we were, we were walking around and we were looking at the synagogue and we we're doing all kinds of things. And we'd been there for a little while and suddenly it was just like, I can't take this anymore. Rita and I looked at each other and she's like, I'm done. I can't do it. It's so hot. Uh, it was 109 degrees when we were there. So we, we see Easter and we think spring and we think flowers and we think green grass. Think dust. Think hot. Think 14 miles uphill the whole way. And then they arrive at Jerusalem. And they celebrate. Uh, Jesus mounts a donkey at Bethany and Bethphage to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. 
the disciples praised God for the miracles they'd seen. Um, They'd seen miracle after miracle. All in this one day, the blind man was healed. A sinner was saved and transformed. And they were all looking to Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says, Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This story goes back to Israel. When uh, Moses came down from receiving the law, he put a covering on his face because his face was too bright to look at. And that veil, it said, still is over the hearts of the people of Israel. They don't understand. They can't look at Jesus and see God. But it says, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, this veil is taken away. So that's what we're all doing, I think. We are all looking for Jesus. We look for Jesus in a lot of things, and some of them don't look anything like Jesus. But Jesus, it should be our focus. He loves us. He loves us more than anyone can. For those who are sick, he cares for you. For those of you who feel rejected, he has accepted. There's a story that happens in John, uh, and I don't, I, want, I don't want to turn there, but in the Gospel of John, there's this disciple named Philip, which I like because his name is Philip. Okay. So this story, uh, these Greek guys come to Philip. They're believers in, in uh, Judaism. And they say, sir, we would see Jesus. And I think that's all of us. I think all of us want to see Jesus. And he's looking for you. He's searching for you. Before you ever thought to look for Jesus, he was looking for you. If you guys remember, if you're old enough, you remember there was a big push in churches for seeker-sensitive services where the people who were seeking for Jesus would feel comfortable. Well, let me tell you that the real seeker is Jesus. He's looking for you. And he loves you. And that's where I want to go with this service, with this sermon today. He's looking for you. He loves you more than anyone ever could. When you feel rejected or when you need him, he is the lover of your soul. Uh, And just like the disciples, we should turn and worship. Uh, Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this story of Palm Sunday. And I thank you for the story of the blind man who wouldn't be silenced. And of the tax collector who came and felt your love. Dear Heavenly Father, reveal yourself to us in your word and in our fellowship. Open our eyes to your purpose, to your work in the world today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the lover of our souls. Help us to see you. And it's in your son's name we pray.
and for his sake. Amen.